Good morning, everyone. I hope you're doing well today on Tuesday, September 1st. September is finally here, which means in Texas, the blast furnace that is our summer is hopefully coming to an end and cooler weather should be coming soon. Please let cooler weather be coming soon. Our forecast says that next Wednesday, the high is going to be in the 70s. So praise the Lord for that. Cooler weather is on its way. So we are excited, but thank you for making this part of your day. Okay, so very excited about today's class. We are talking about grief. We are talking about grief, and we are doing it through the context of the television show Glee. So I don't know if you watched Glee. It's been off the air now for a couple of years. I think it started uh, 10 years ago or so. And so in quarantine, my wife and I have been looking for shows on Netflix to watch. We watched through Downton Abbey twice, and we were looking for new shows, and nothing just really, nothing jumped out at us, nothing got us excited. So a couple of weeks ago, we started watching Glee. We watched the first episode together, and oh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I uh, I guess Michelle enjoyed it a little bit more than I did, because I went a couple of days later, I said, hey, you want to watch the second episode? And I think she said, well, I'm already on the 17th episode. So she had been watching watching Glee in her free time uh, while Caroline was playing. So um, she was watching it. And and uh, so I kind of would just drop in and catch up and, and see what I missed. Uh, and so I started, as I do when I'm watching shows, I'm like, oh, I want to know who these actors are. So I want to know more about them. And so these are young kids who are acting. I get they're probably in their young 20s when the show starts. And it's amazing how three of the original cast members are dead. Young people are dead. And so the main character whose name is Corey Monteith, he's Finn in the show, he died in 2013. And I was like, well, the show was still going on. How did they How did they handle that? How did they? And so uh, while I was gone, Michelle continued to go and she made it to the fifth season where, where he dies. And, and the, the episode that they had right after his death, uh, and so she watched it. And so I got back and I was like, well, you know, I, I kind of want to watch that. I want to see how they deal with his death, how they deal with the grief of his death. Someone who was such a huge part of the show, someone who the kids grew up with. How did they deal with that? I, I understand they're going to do it musically, but how do they deal with it in the in the context of the show? Uh, and so they go through the the show. And, and uh, so we watched this last night, kind of how his brother dealt with it, how his girlfriend dealt with it, how his parents dealt with it, how his friends, how his teachers dealt with grief. How How do you grieve? How do you move on? How do you let go? How do you do that? How do you, you know, how, how can we do that? And so I found it very interesting the way that they handled it in Hollywood, right? Uh, with this character dying, but in real life, the actor died. And so these kids, these, these people who are now in their 20s, right? And the adults, I mean, they all adults, right? But, but those who were the teachers, and uh, they had to figure out how to deal with that. And they were doing it on screen. And you could tell in a number of ways that it wasn't just saying goodbye. They weren't acting because they weren't just saying goodbye to a character, Finn. They were saying goodbye to Corey, the actor who played Finn. Uh, and, and you can see the real emotions that they're going through. And you know, the reality is grieving is a part of life. Grieving is a part of life. As much as breathing is a part of life, grieving is a part of life. We all grieve. We all grieve, and we do it a lot more often than we think. 
It doesn't have to be just when somebody dies. We grieve more than just that. We grieve whenever we lose a relationship, right? A meaningful relationship. You know, a friend moves out of town. A friend uh, gets promoted and, and they end up moving somewhere else in the, around the country. And you know, that's a loss of a relationship. I mean, you, you, you can still connect with them on Facebook. You can still text them and call them and those things, but, but you can't see them as often and, you, and your life is going to change. And so there's grief in that. When, whenever we change jobs, whenever we leave somewhere and we say goodbye to coworkers or people who we had a relationship with that in that, we, we grieve that loss. And even, even when we celebrate things like retirement, retirement, we grieve, right? Because we're leaving behind something that we've worked towards, something that people we've worked with. And so now all of a sudden, uh, now all of a sudden, we're no longer a part of that. We no longer have that on our list of responsibilities. And so that's a change. And so there's grieving there. I don't know if anyone ever saw the movie about Schmidt with Jack Nicholson, where when he retires, he has these boxes of very important things and he hands them over to the people uh, who were taking them over. And he comes back a couple days later and he sees all those boxes are in the trash. And he's like, all the things I've been working on, all the things that have been so important to me over the last weeks and months, have just been thrown away. There's grief there. And there's even smaller griefs than that. There's grief, as I said, grief is a part of life. And so there is small griefs throughout life that just, we all know what I'm talking about here. When I say, even when you, when you complete something, when you, when you, when you are spending time doing something and you're enjoying it, but then you complete it, there's small grief there, right? When, when you, right now we're working on our sprinklers and, and, and our, and our drainage here at the house and it's almost done. And then when it's done, you're going to, we're going to be happy it's done. But on the same side, you're like, well, this has been all we've done for the last two and a half months. You know, what are we going to do with our time? Or, or maybe, maybe you're buying a car at a friend's and bought a car this weekend. And I know they were researching and doing all, and it was, there was things they were doing, right? It was, it was a way that they were spending their time. And now the car is bought. I had a friend, a, a a high school teacher by Neil Grepke. I, I don't know if he, a Facebook friend who, who went through the process of buying a car a couple of years ago. And I remember him, him saying, now that it's over, like he's kind of grieves that it's over because it was something that he was doing and he was enjoying it. And then he came to the conclusion that this is the car I want to buy. This is the deal I want. And he bought the car. And then now that it's over, it's like, well, now what? Right? There's grief in that. When, when you finish this, when you're watching a show on Netflix and you finish the series, or, or at, I'm a big fan of the TV show Yellowstone, and last week was the last episode for the season. And so now i got to wait, you know, another year for it to come back out. And when it's over, there's that, oh, well, I really enjoyed that. Now what am I going to do? Now what am I going to do? And so the, the, there's small grief in that. It's this thing that was a part of my life, even if it was only part of my life for a short time, even if it was only for an hour at a time, it was still something that I looked forward to. It was still still something that I enjoyed. And so there is grief in that. And Jackie just makes a good point. Empty nesters now grieving. You know, empty your children move away. And that's a good thing. I mean, it's good that our children grow and our children learn and they, they learn to become adults and they, they go off to college and they're moving on in life. But, but there's grief in saying goodbye. There's grief in not having them at home. There's grief all over life. And of course, whenever we lose someone, when, when we lose someone we love, when we lose someone we know, when we lose someone who's important to us, 
we grieve. We grieve. So how do we grieve? It's important to understand when we are grieving. It's important to know that what we are dealing with right now is grief. Uh, because it could come up in other ways. It could come out as anger, right? Grief could come out of as anger if we don't realize that it's grief. So when quarantine began, right, it was a, a lot of people, a lot of people were just on edge. A lot of people, I was cranky and I couldn't figure out why. Why am I cranky? Why am I cranky all of a sudden? Why do I have no patience? Because I was grieving. It was a change, change of normalcy. We see this with, with this mask thing where we're supposed to wear masks where we go and people go to go into Target and they don't wear a mask and the people at Target ask them to wear a mask and then they just flip out and others record this, right? And so they, they, they yell at this person at Target, right? Or this teenager working at Target making $10 an hour. The teenager didn't make the law, the governor did. If you're angry at somebody, be angry at the governor, not the person who works at Target, but that's grief coming out as anger because yes, it's a change and you may not like the change. Most of us don't, but it's for the better. Grief can come out as anger in a number of ways. When I found out that Susan Canole died, Susan Canole, who was a part of these classes at the very beginning, when she passed away in March, I kicked my truck. I kicked the rear quarter panel of my truck and put a huge dent in my truck uh, I, and I was, why, why did I just kick my truck? Well, it was grief. And Michelle saw me doing, she's like, what are you doing? I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I'm grieving. I guess I'm grieving. And, um, I got to figure out how to, how to fix a dent in a truck. Uh, but so how do we grieve? How do we grieve? Well, as people of faith, we usually turn to theological answers, right? We say theological things. Say things like, well, he or she is in a better place, right? Because they're no longer in pain, they're no longer suffering. Uh, or we look to a time when we will all be reunited in heaven. I mean, that's that's really good stuff. Um, we, we think about the time when Jesus told his, his disciples in the Gospel of John, if you really loved me, you'd be happy for me because I'm going to the Father. You know, this idea that heaven is going to be wonderful, and we shouldn't grieve that anybody goes there, right? But... Logic and grief are not really related. Logic and grief are not really related. Grief is not really a decision. It's a feeling, right? The only, the only decision we can make is to ignore the feeling of grief. But the reality is we can, we can continue to try to ignore it, but it'll keep coming up. And it keeps coming up in unhealthy ways. It keeps coming up in un- unhealthy ways uh, through anger, through giving in to poor decisions, through all these types of things, right? And so grief is something that we have to deal with. It's something we have to deal with. If we don't deal with it, it's going to keep coming up until we do deal with it. And so how do we deal with it? How do we deal with uh, with our grief? Well, I would say the first thing, the first thing we can do to deal with our grief is to give ourselves permission to grieve. Give ourselves permission to grieve. It's so important that we do this. This so going back to Glee, going back to the episode that we watched, uh, the the teacher, Mr. Shu, who was the Glee Club director, and who got Finn into the Glee Club, and uh, uh, the the whole episode he spent trying to be strong for everyone else. 
trying to be strong for everyone else. Uh, and uh, he, not until the very end, when he was by himself, uh, did we, did he grieve? Did he weep? Right? And he thought that he had to be strong for everyone else. And he thought that he could only give himself permission to grieve when he was alone. But we, we know the story of when Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Before Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, he goes to Mary and Martha, he sees their pain, and in front of the crowd, in front of Mary and Martha, in front of everyone who's there, Jesus weeps. Jesus gives himself permission to weeps to, to weep. He knows that he's about to raise Lazarus from the dead, but he also knows what Lazarus went through. And he also knows that by bringing back Lazarus back, he's going to have to die again. And so there's all this emotion within Jesus, and he, even though he knows all the theological answers, even though he knows everything, he gives himself permission to weep in that moment. Giving ourselves permission to weep is a powerful gift that we can give ourselves. This idea that we're not supposed to cry, that we're supposed to be strong in front of our kids, or that we're supposed to be strong in front of others, or that we're supposed to be strong because you know men are supposed to be strong and silent, and that's all bull. The, the first step in grieving is giving yourself permission to grieve, which means if you need to weep, weep. It's part of life. Crying is part of life. And sometimes the best thing we could do for ourselves is sit down and have a good cry because that's what our body needs to cry. Jesus wept, we can all weep too. And we all have reasons to weep. It's not like this is, you know, weeping, you say, I'm going to sit down and cry now. Well, no, I mean, our body will tell us when it's time and our body has told us it's time to weep and we've said no to that. So the first thing, give yourselves permission, give ourselves permission to grieve. Number two, be patient with ourselves as we grieve. After we give ourselves permission to grieve, we realize that grieving is not something that's going to go away quickly. And for some, it stays longer than for others. We all grieve at different speeds. For some people, they can move on a little quicker. For others, they just struggle to move on. We lose somebody and it may be years. It may be years that we grieve. It may be years until we learn to live with this new normal, this new normal of this new life without them. Um, And so, you know, it's something that is okay. It's okay to take as long as you need. Be patient with yourself. Allow yourself the time that your body needs to grieve. Uh, Number three, don't let others diminish your feelings. Don't let others make you feel like you shouldn't feel a certain way. Don't feel guilty about if over the course of time you start to feel better and you think, well, I shouldn't feel, I shouldn't feel better right now. I shouldn't, I shouldn't feel happiness right now. Um, but also at the same time, don't let people tell you, well, I have been what you've been through and I know how you feel. I've been there. I know how you feel. Well, okay, you may have been there. You may have been through a similar thing, but you don't know how I feel. You don't know how I feel. I realize that you're trying to help me, but you're not, but you're not helping, right? I realize you're trying to help me, but you're not. You don't know how I'm feeling. And one of the things we can say to somebody is saying, you know, I've lost someone too. I don't know how you're feeling, uh, but if you want to talk about it, 
I'd be happy to talk about it with you. Or if you just want somebody to to sit here with you, I'd be happy to sit here with you. But I don't know how you feel. And anyone who tells you how they feel is is lying because nobody knows how you feel. And so, uh, you know, it's it's important that you claim your feelings as your own and don't feel guilty about them. If your, if your sadness lasts longer, if your grief lasts longer than it did for others, that's okay. If it is shorter than what others expect it to be, that's okay. Allow your body to go through whatever it needs to go through. Allow your body to move on when it's ready and allow your body to stay in that place as long as it needs to. Uh, don't let others diminish your feelings and don't feel guilty about the way you feel. And uh, the last thing I'd say is find someone who will listen. Find someone who will be present. We, we love the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. We love the story of Jesus walking on water, but we lose the context. We lose the context of that story because Jesus didn't feed the 5,000 until beforehand he heard that John the Baptist had been killed. John the Baptist, who he was related to, right? So he finds out John the Baptist has been killed and he wants to be alone, but the crowd follows. And so he's going to be alone. The crowd follows. And so suddenly, suddenly uh, the disciples say, you know, it's getting late and the crowd needs to go somewhere to get something to eat. And Jesus, who's finding comfort in being in a group, says, no, let's feed them. We're going to feed them. And the disciples are like, we don't have enough food. And Jesus says, watch, just watch. And so Jesus feeds the 5,000 because he's comforted. He's comforted by being in a group. And then afterwards, Jesus sends them away and he goes to be by himself. And so the disciples get in a boat and they start going across the lake. And when Jesus is done being by himself, he walks on water to be with them, right? Because he's ready again to be with his friends. And so there's this sense that, you know, it's important to know when you need to be alone. And then when you need to be with someone, it's important to have someone to be with. Find someone who will listen. Find someone who will just be present. Find someone who will not project their grief on you. A lot of people do this as they're trying to help. They think they're trying to help, but in reality, they're projecting their grief on you. Let them do that from a distance. Let them do that from a distance. You do not need to be comforting others in these moments, right? And so, Find someone, and hopefully you belong to a church like Abiding Grace that has Stephen ministers who are trained, trained to sit with you, who are trained to be present, but not anxious, present, but not projecting their grief onto you, who are there to listen if, you're, if you want to talk, and if you don't, who are just there. They're just there, and they don't get itchy, and they don't go, okay, this is boring. What are we, you know, we got to do something. What's next? We got to talk about something. We got to do something. Sometimes just having somebody to sit in silence with you is, is, is all we need in that moment. And so find someone who you trust, who you know will just sit and listen, or who will sit and just be silent with you. It's just important to have that community as we get through life together. So how do we grieve? Well, first, we give ourselves permission. Second, we we are patient with ourselves. Third, we don't let others diminish our feelings. We, we don't feel guilty about whatever we're feeling. And four, we find someone who will listen, find somebody who will sit with us in the silence. And, you know, as a person of faith, I would say, and always we pray. And always we pray. We pray for the comfort that God, that only God can give. 
pray, we pray for the peace that only God can give. Uh, because life is full of grief. To live is to grieve. And to pretend that's not true uh, is just you're making life more difficult. And it come, it's going to come up and it's going to come out and it, it's going to come out in unhealthy ways. So to live is to grieve. And so I hope this helps everyone uh, uh, grieve. And um, the uh, if you have time to watch the Glee episode, it's from season five, uh, episode three. It's called The Quarterback. Uh, it's these kids grieving the loss of their loss of their friend. And I thought it was pretty well done. I thought it was pretty well done. And, and as for someone like me, I, I really, I really felt connected to Mr. Shoe to at the end, how he went home and he was by himself. And then he gave himself permission to grieve for a long time as the pastor. I felt I needed to, uh, I needed to project strength, right? Project faith, pro- pro- project the right theological beliefs in these moments. Uh, but the reality is that's not real. What is real is the feelings and the grief that we're all going through. Uh, and so have to give ourselves permission. I have to give myself permission over and over again. So thank you for joining me today as we talked about the TV show Glee and we talked about grief and we'll close with a uh, word of prayer. Good and gracious God, we thank you for being with us. We thank you for all the many blessings in life. We thank you for helping us get through all the losses of life. We pray for those now who need your comfort and who need your peace, especially the family and friends of Susan Canole and the family and friends of anyone uh, who has been lost over those last few months, few years, uh, those who who we trust entrust into your care, but at the same time, uh, we miss. We miss them a lot, and we, uh, we pray that you'd be with us, that we would know that you are with us, that you would give us reminders of your salvation, and so that we would all look to the future with hope. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, everybody, have a uh, great day. Good to connect with you, and I will see you again Thursday at 1030. And if you want to come to worship uh, this Sunday, email me at noon, at noon, and tell me how many people are coming, and you'll have to fill out a waiver, which I emailed out uh, last week or two weeks ago. But uh, if you email me, I'll email it back to you. So Have a great day. Take care of yourselves. Bye.